Once again to the Letterman podcast, my name, as always, is Mike Chisholm. I am delighted to be here uh, doing this. Um, you know, if this were a football game, I would say this. I have moved down the field a hell of a lot more than I ever expected to, and it is so much fun uh, moving towards the end zone of life, that life being celebrating the body of work, the unprecedented greatest body of broadcasting work in history from David Letterman and company, and we have people that are running alongside us. It is the greatest, coolest thing in the world to be doing this for for me uh i'm the the support that we're getting is 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 phenomenal and i'm just just really happy to be here um this is a different episode you may notice already from the quality of the video that this is a bit of a different episode it is it's a, a very very cool uh unprecedented at this point episode of the letterman podcast and it should be because uh we talk all the time about this community that is being built, this Letterman podcast community um, that is including all sorts of other entities out there. That started before, long before the Letterman podcast actually began. Um, many times when people get together, you know, I hear, uh, I was talking, I was around a, a pool yesterday, um, talking to a, a business owner, and he was talking about how he and uh, his competitor locally ended up getting together and not putting their businesses together, but 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 joining forces in ways, and both of their businesses have never been healthier. And we talked about the idea of collaboration versus competition and um, how collaboration will always win, especially when you have two parties who are really willing to collaborate. The behind the scenes of the Letterman podcast and community and communities out there, there's a lot of collaboration going on. And in fact, I would even submit that the Letterman podcast would not have started if it wasn't for that collaboration. So this is going to be a bit of a different episode because guess what? I'm in the Letterman podcast studio as it stands right now. However, the production of this program has everything to do with something going on in, uh, in, in just outside Hollywood, California right now. Are you confused? It won't be for very long. <laughs> There's a gentleman out there by the name of Jay Ryan. He and his wife, Nicole, in their home, have something called the late night playset. The late night playset is, in my opinion, the most unique. Can something be the most unique? I don't know. But if you're going to look at things that are completely unique and put them all on a list, I would put this one near the top. It is the most unique broadcasting studio I've ever seen. Not only because uh, they have taken a section of their apartment and turned it into a late night playset, okay, but it includes in my opinion, two of the greatest broadcasting artifacts that have ever been used in broadcasting over decades. And that is, of course, uh, David Letterman's desk from The Late Show and David Letterman's original uh, microphone, the microphone that he brought over from NBC to CBS. There's a lot of history there. Um, a big part, the epicenter of that history of that microphone outside of, you know, Parr and Allen and Carson and Letterman who have used that microphone, the epicenter of that lore is a guy by the name of Jay Ryan. Jay Ryan happens to be one of those collaborators that I'm talking about, and he has taken time out of his day and his production schedule because he does cars and comedy 
um, a podcast or it's not even a podcast. It's a show on the internet. It's TV on the internet that I get to be a part of twice a week, every week. Um, and he has taken time out of all of the things that he is doing. If you know his story with he and his wife too, they are very, very busy with all sorts of things, um, including being advocates for MS, which she has. He's taken time out of his day to be on the Letterman podcast today. And not only to do that, but to run production because he's giving us what we are moving towards when it comes to potential of technical uh, ability. Our studio is okay. It's passable. What this guy has is incredible. Finally, these worlds colliding. The Letterman podcast, Cars and Comedy, the late night playset. Jay, thank you very much for taking time to be on the Letterman podcast today. Finally. <laughs> wow, that was awesome. Thank you so much, Mike. Uh, it's very weird. I'm over here on the other side. It's weird to. Uh, it's weird. It's weird all around. But uh, I'm grateful that you asked me. I'm so impressed with what you've been able to do so far with the Letterman podcast. This was an idea when we originally talked about it. Now you are executing it all over the place. Um, I am grateful to be asked. Uh, I'm grateful to be here. And uh, tell me where you want to go. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're gonna do we're gonna do a bit of a studio tour in a second. I can't I can't tease the fact that you've got those two legendary art artifacts of broadcasting without oh. us showing them. We're gonna do it. We're gonna there. Oh, there it is, right there. That's a tease, everybody. Look at that. <laughs> Look at that. Um, we're gonna do a, a tour here in a minute. Um, I just am, am really grateful that you're in my life. I, uh, Candy and I love you and Nicole, and 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 we're so grateful that that you're in our lives as friends, as, as, as collaborators, iron sharpens iron. Uh, I, you do that for us all the time. We would hope that we can do that for you as well. So this is, this is cool. Um, the idea of two hosts being on one show, two hosts, one show, ladies and gentlemen, uh, that's always an interesting <laughs> idea. <laughs> is it weird for you right now to be sitting there in the, in the co-pilot seat going, what the hell is yeah, going on I, and not controlling I, things? I'm having a situation where I don't know where to look. I get where the guests are. I mean, there is a red light over there, but I understand what the guests are always talking about now where it's a little bit different. So I might make some adjustments based on this experience. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. And let's, before we go any further, because as far as I'm concerned, um, we've already got a bunch of folks in the Letterman podcast community that watch both shows, but we haven't really talked about both shows officially yet. So let's, let's start there. Um, you guys have recently rebranded was the show was late night playset. So you uh, I wouldn't even call it the studio. Yeah. What? I wouldn't even call it a rebrand. I would just say that it's more of uh, I don't know. I mean, do we even want to talk about it? We're in the late night playset. The late night playset was the yes. name of the show. Cause we didn't really know what else to call it and I, we wanted to be as Letterman as possible without trading on the Letterman name hint hint right. um, <laughs> no uh, <laughs> but that was a genuine concern of mine for a long time and um, given my history uh, which you know with perhaps getting a little too close in the past um, <laughs> so you know that was always a concern of mine so you know late night playset sort of made sense for us the only problem with that is nobody knows what the shit that is. If you know our story or what we're doing, yeah. it's great. But if you're like a marketer or a PR person, which we ended up talking to some professional marketers and PR people, and they were like, nobody knows what it is. And you have to explain it. And if you have to explain it, you've already lost them and the blah, blah, blah. And they're like, what is your show? And we're like, well, it's, I don't know, Cars and Comedy. And they're like, boom, there's your show, Cars and Comedy. So we yep. have just sort of started calling it Cars and Comedy. I mean, is it a trademark? Is it a thing? No, but it sort of sounds like Cars and Coffee, which is already a known thing. So, yes, I guess you're right. We're, we're going through some sort of a transition. But as you know, there are a lot of things happening behind the scenes. So I have a feeling all of this will be thrown away soon for something new 
that involves everything and more. <laughs> yeah. And <clears throat> I think it's probably a good idea that that's where we stop with that. Other than the fact that saying that a bunch of us um, aspirations, which also include grand aspirations, uh, but it's a little too early to talk about that. You know, the, the, the cupcakes just went in the oven uh, in, in, in some respects. I go Johnny Carson on this one. More to come, folks. More to come. More there to come. There will be more to come now. on this subject. Lots more. And this is this is one of the reasons why you are somebody that I look up to in, in more to come. That's exactly right. Summed up perfectly. Um, so that being said, uh, this is where I feel I'm a big music guy. And, and there was a time in the 90s when indie music and alternative music and these terms that didn't really exist suddenly came to the forefront of what good music was, indie rock and indie things. I feel like right now, when it comes to broadcasting, uh, the whole letterman of it all, um, I feel a little bit like you and and, and me and, and Rusty and some of these other people that are out there and other people that are going to join up with us. I feel like we're a bunch of indie bands that are touring around and, um, and, and getting, there's a groundswell happening. And then something really cool might happen. And that's where Nirvana and Pearl Jam and Soundgarden and all these groups kind of suddenly showed up out of the indie into the spotlight of sorts. I feel like that's happening with us right now. Well, I mean, I was never a guy for Nirvana, but I take your point. <laughs> they didn't do for me what they did for a lot of people. I think I was from a different generation. But, but I take your point. I sure love Dave Grohl a lot. Yeah. Well, there you go. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Like, well, okay. So there, there you are. And like, Pearl, and Pearl, you're right. Attempt. You're right. I mean, there were, there was a lot of stuff that came out of that uh, big bang. I get you. I get your point. But, but I think you're right. And, but I don't think it has anything to do with us. I mean, we're all doing what we're doing, which is fun. And we're all, you always say you're living your dream job or whatever. Like we're all having this little sort of fantasy life, uh, you know, in the world of podcasts. But the truth is, mm-hmm. I think that Letterman is still big and relevant. I think I think it has more to do with um, the 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 temperature of the culture at the moment. I feel like we're in the right place at the right time. We're just doing what we've always been doing, but like it might actually mature into something now because of I think the temperature of the world and the fact that while Dave's gone, he's not really gone, and in a weird way, he's actually the voice we're all looking for. And I don't mean we the fans. Yes. I mean we the people. So yes, <laughs> sorry to get so. <laughs> You're not. I said I wouldn't I, drive this thing. I'll shut up. What do you want to know? No, you're not driving. You're not. We're 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 like we're like the one of those crazy cars that you watch down the street. Uh, the the driving school cars that have the two steering wheels. <laughs> yeah. The wheel. It's like yeah, okay. Two um, steering wheels is great. What we, we need is two brake pedals. We, uh, that's the problem. That's exactly right. Um, okay, so let's talk a little bit about cars and comedy. You shoot twice a week. Um, I think that the uh, I think that the name of the show in its incur- incarnation of Cars and Comedy hits it on the nose, like you said. Um, when do you shoot? What is it? How can people uh, tune in? Let's do that first. Oh, thank you, thank you. It's uh, we're live at five. If that's got a yeah. familiar ring to it. We are live at five mm-hmm. every uh, Tuesday and Thursday, uh, and the, it's uh, five p.m. in the Pacific, uh, so that's eight o'clock on for our Eastern friends, and. Um, mm-hmm. We're we are live. We're it's real live. That's funny because almost all the guests when we're booking them, many of them watch the show regularly. <laughs> and it's just like it, the number one question you get asked if you work at Saturday Night Live is, and Dave used to make a joke about it. So did Paul. Is when do they tape that show? 
is it really live? And it's like it's such a it's such a hard uh, thing for people to grab. So we're live at five, and it's uh, it's really live at five, and people are always asking us, "When do you tape that show?" Sorry, terrible story. Yeah. <laughs> it's not. It's not, and it also alludes uh, to the fact that you've got broadcasting history chops, and I'm saying broadcast history. Anytime somebody worked with late night with Conan O'Brien, especially in the early years, you did. And yeah, also I was there Saturday for that. Night yep. Live and Saturday Night Live at any time, any time in the last 40 some odd years, which you did. Uh, your stories, again, as we say on the podcast, your stories have stories. So there's a little bit of teasing right there uh, about where you've come from. And we'll, we'll get into some of, maybe some of that today. Um, the, the last thing, folks, that you have to worry about when Jay and Mike get together is a lack of words. We will be able to talk about things and spend as much time as, uh, as, as time allows. Uh, for us to speak there's always content when it comes to jay and mike getting together were you um, always this way mike were, were you always that way because i wasn't i was an insanely quiet i was sort of brought up to you know in the children are to be seen not heard type of generation <laughs> i was like sort of brought up by my grandparents generation for one reason or another and so i didn't it wasn't until starting this damn show that it was like i even began to formulate my thoughts and words in a way where i Whatever you're calling, uh, you're, I guess you're right. You know what? No, you're just plain old right. <laughs> but for me, it didn't happen until I started doing this. Were you always this way? Yeah, no. Uh, for, for, for me, it was um, now certainly since I started my podcast, you know, my men's mental health podcast is what really honed it. Um, the exuberance was always there. Um, for the example with you and I, I always call you from a Ghostbuster standpoint, I always call you Venkman and I'm Ray Stance. Um, I was always Ray Stance. I was always the one who, you know, if my parents had friends over, I'd be the one trying to entertain them and 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 running doing funny things. I'd do the worm in front of them at seven years old, and they'd all laugh and clap, and I'd be like, "Yes, job well done." Um, so so so, but learning to hone it, to articulate, and for me, to listen, those are skills that had to be really nuanced. Because I was kind of all over the place, spastic energy. And I'm still working it. on that one. <laughs> um, but we're live at five, uh, Cars and Comedy. So if you search on the YouTubes, you're live on the YouTubes. You also have a cool, uh, this is, folks, again, this is not a podcast. I don't look at Cars and Comedy as a podcast at all. It is a show, it's TV on the internet. Well, have you and, ever seen and, a podcast studio got, that looks like this? This guy's nuts. <laughs> well, see, yeah, he's got. A full working television production facility in his house. And this is exactly where we talk about life goals. This is the life goals of the Letterman podcast here. Uh, and not just because of the artifacts. That's not what I'm talking about. My wife and I guested on this show uh, about six weeks ago. And, and it is the full on TV show experience, including the energy that comes with it. And the energy in there is so exquisite because of the artifacts and things like that. But it's way, way, way more than that. Um, I just I want to talk about that in a second, but we'll get to that when we do the tour. Um, if people want to find you on YouTube, Cars and Comedy, right? But you also have the Instagram, which is going on on the show at the same time. You guys go Instagram live. And so you're getting multi-dimensions of uh, enthusiasts who watch the show live. And then you put it on YouTube afterwards. In my opinion, this is a broadcast that is including all of the, you know, other than maybe, you know, Twitch and streaming and things like that, which, which is also out there. You guys are really broadening the net 
for the viewing experience. Um, do you know that you're kind of ahead of your time when it comes to this show compared to every other talk show out there? <laughs> yes, that was obviously our intention to be ahead of our time. Um, <laughs> no, but you know, we had the, you and I had this conversation the other day, um, and it was a weird. There was a weird parallel in the way uh, you know late night came to be. There were a lot of parameters set on the production staff of late night to uh, to not be like other things, not be like the Carson Show, not be like traditional talk shows. So it, it ended up becoming this antithesis of the talk show, which sort of redefined the talk show so that now every talk show is like that, the weirdest way Dave used to say, one day all talk shows will be like this. And man, oh man, could he have not been more right. Uh, I mean, that is so true. Um, so when we started doing this, well, do you even know why we started doing this? I mean, we didn't start doing this. Talk this, about it. This, came, this happened yeah. over time. This has evolved, yes. We, my wife has multiple sclerosis, and she used to be a high-powered publicist in this uh, town, in comedy specifically, so she used to work with everybody. She used to represent Chris Rock and um, you know everybody from the Apatow crew, and she worked with freaking everybody. Steve Carell, um, you know, Will Ferrell, all, all of the names that you know in comedy today, she at some point has worked with. And um, when she got MS, she couldn't do that anymore. Uh, she was on the road four weeks a year, and then she couldn't walk. You know what I mean? It's like, can't do it. So we mm -hmm. were trying to figure out what the hell we could do. And we were thinking, I pushed. I was trying to push her to do a podcast. I had this whole Letterman story in the back of my head, but it was like this mm -hmm. repressed memory that like, I would have had to, I would have, if I didn't start doing the show, I would have had to have been so therapized to get it out it was so deeply buried if that makes sense mike yeah. <laughs> um yep. but with all of that uh it was supposed to be her podcast and uh so we just started doing it together with amazon microphones at the dining room table you know like any couple starts and uh, one thing led to another and it, it has morphed into this over time um but while it was a podcast that wasn't it was, I guess it was never a podcast because we always did video. I always had multi cameras. I always had lights. I was always, I'm a creature of television. I learned how to make television. I was obsessed with making television. That's why I was into Dave. Dave pulled the cameras yeah. back. Dave, the Dave show pulled the cameras back so that Hal Gurney, I should tribute Hal Gurney, so that we could yes, see sir. how television was made. And then I lived close enough and my aunt was friends with Paul Schaefer. I told you she got us tickets to go down to the show and then I saw it all in person and it was like, what? Blew my mind open. Everything was so small. Everything was, you know, at different angles than you thought it would be. It could never possibly fit in the space, but it does. Uh, all of this crazy magic. And so <laughs> the long answer to your question is all I've ever done in my creative professional life is that. All I've ever done is these little movie magic, amazing uh, scenes and dioramas and moments and uh, experiences, as you like to say. And I mean that even mm -hmm. in my production career as well, because it's, you know, you turn mm -hmm. a, I wasn't the production designer for a lot of the things that I worked on, but um, produced, I, I was actually a producer, but uh, it was my ideas that they then took. So we would turn insane hangars and, and buildings into like downtown Manhattan out exterior basketball court at night with real skyline and cars and trees and <laughs> it, yeah. absolutely crazy things. So doing a podcast with a couple microphones at the dining room table did not stimulate me for very long. So this was, <laughs> we sort of then began doing, and, and, and every podcast person said, you're doing it wrong. You're doing literally everything wrong. You're not doing anything right. You're supposed to do this, 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 and this, and your podcast will be a success. Look at your guests, mm -hmm. look at your content. And we were like, yeah, but 
then we'll what? Just hate our lives while we do it? Like that didn't do it. Yeah. We, we wanted, wanted to do something else. And we morphed into this over time. It was 10 minutes on, we morphed into this. I'm sorry. You're no, right. We're is, very this long-winded. Is, <laughs> this is what we need to hear. No, no, this is what, that's exactly this, right. This and, happened and, over time. You know, we had the microphone, mm-hmm. right? But then we didn't have the desk and chairs. Mm-hmm. We decided as I came through my catharsis of doing this whole thing of, oh my gosh, you got to get the thing back to David Letterman and whatever. Uh, yeah. When we decided to try to get the microphone back to David Letterman, uh, the museum that had this desk and chairs contacted us looking to make a, a new home for them. So, like, it's sort of weird how it all came together. And then when they arrived, it looked ridiculous. We were so excited because we did this little <laughs> podcast in our dining room, and then we're going to get the real David Letterman desk and chairs. And it was so stupid looking in here. It was worse than Kramer's apartment and the Merv Griffin set. <laughs> it was so much worse. So we had to we had to create this crazy environment around it. Which seems nuts, but it's the only thing that makes the stuff we're actually sitting at make sense. <laughs> yep. <clears throat> so yeah, it, it morphed. I, uh, and COVID was, uh, I don't know if it was friend or foe to this space, but we definitely blew out of one room and sort of into another um, during yep. COVID. And here we are. But everyone seems to okay. love it now. They finally seem to get what we're doing, which is kind of neat. I, f- I do feel like we were a little bit ahead of our time in that way, in that they, everybody said we were nuts, and now nobody thinks we are. Because <laughs> yeah, everyone else well, is doing some I, version of it. Yes. I mean, I think about some of the people's reactions when they first walk in there. And and, and I uh, the pa- okay, so the first thing I'm going to talk about is Jay is alluding to a whole bunch of uh, things that would be considered a prequel to this episode, and that's what we're going to do. Uh, Jay actually appeared on my my men's mental wellness podcast, He Cast, and he told the entire story about how he got David Letterman's microphone, um, what that did to him, the therapy that he's talking about here, uh, and and what the plans are for the future with that microphone. How we're going to try and get it back to him, and how you know all of that. He talked about all that. We're going to link that episode into the Letterman podcast. So the past, we're going to talk about that. You've set that up perfectly. Now we're talking the present as to where things are at. And I will say this. Uh, then we're going to do a commercial. Then I want to get you behind the desk. Um, Can I, I ask you a question? Now, uh, please, yes. What's in the box? Ah, I, I hate to be all Brad Pitt here, but what's in the box? Come on, that's what's going in the box? to be part of the commercial. And oh, the I see. Okay, okay, all right. That's, that's going to be part of the commercial, and you and I are going to do this together. Ke- I've been so curious the whole time, though. Okay, awesome. There you go. Uh, hopefully, our viewers and uh, well, our listeners wouldn't even know. Hey, listeners, guess what? There's a box on the desk. <laughs> yeah. We're going to open this box together. Uh, the viewers might have seen it, and uh, you know looked at it for a moment yes there is a box here it's from the hello deli we're going to oh. do a for the hello deli in a moment you and i are and, very uh, cool absolutely um but i will say this when you guys expanded into that room and and all the things i don't know at what point this happened but um and those who have been to the ed sullivan theater those who have been to 30 Rock for any a number of the productions that happened there, maybe not Maury, but other, every other production there, um, there's an energy when you walk into these spaces, in these studios. Uh, if you Hang on. Fallon, just, for clarification purposes, Maury was never shot at 30 Rock. Never, 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 never. <laughs> Ironically, was, it, was shot was in the it? Connecticut studios in Stanford, Connecticut, but never 30 Rock. <laughs> Donahue, yes. Maury, Rosie, yes. But no Maury. <laughs> I thought there was a thing where they were going to one of the things that pissed Dave off before he left. Yeah, was, I, was I heard about that too, that they wanted to rent the, the studio space out during the day to Maury Povich. I think that was in one of the books and it's probably true. 
but right. I, Maury Povich, to my knowledge, never, ever, ever broadcast out of 30 Rock, and I would, <laughs> it would hurt my soul if he ever did. <laughs> yeah, mine too. You're the father! <laughs> Terrible news! <laughs> And, and by the way, I should I should also mention that I used to work for Maury Povich when he produced a show for Dick Wolf called Arrest in Trial. So I, I actually know the man. I have shot craps with Maury Povich in Vegas. That's a true story at, the, at Caesar. <laughs> with 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 Jim Burroughs, with James Burroughs. Jimmy, Jimmy, this is no. Jay Ryan. He worked on Arrest in Trial. He showed me how to sh- shoot craps with my buddy Rigney. Crazy story. Oh my god! <laughs> All right, sorry, awesome. sorry. Uh, no, don't be. Are you kidding me? Don't be sorry. This is jazz. Um, so, so there's an energy though when you walk into these places. Those who have walked into the Ed Sullivan Theater, I've talked about it. Uh, Irene talked about. It. People talk about the energy. The energy when you walk onto the late night playset. I have seen seasoned Hollywood producers, uh, movers and shakers. You know, Niall Evans who work with works with Nick Cannon. You know, and and, and oh, that was the best response like, ever. Nile walks onto the set and he's like he's laughing like a child. I that was need the best. one of these. Yeah, and it's because you guys built that, uh, evolved it, whatever, with so much love and intention. And and when Candy and I walked onto that set, well, there's a video floating around of of, of me, you know, just giggling too. Like uh, my wife, who who. Um, I would say tolerates this part of me. It's more than tolerate. She supports me and everything. But there's a level where I'm talking about it where it just turns into, okay, I tolerate this because this is the man I love and this is the man I married. Um, <laughs> my wife, she walks onto the late night place and she starts to nearly tear up. You guys have captured the energy uh, and the magic of walking into the Ed Sullivan Theater, walking into Fallon Studio, whatever. You guys have captured that magic with that set. And, and, and I can't wait to talk more about it. But before we do that, this episode Ooh. of the Letterman Podcast has been brought to you by, in part, by our good friends at the Hello Deli, Rupert G. and the Hello Deli in New York City. How cool uh, is that? Isn't this cool? How cool is that? We're doing a commercial for the Hello Deli right now. Well, it's just funny and ironic because, I mean, it, you know, back in the day, Dave was helping the Hello Deli every time he put Rupert on TV. You know, I mean, Rupert got paid for sure. that, plus, obviously, all the promotion. Um, so, I mean, it was a really nice kindness that, that, that Dave was doing for, for the neighborhood and Rupert in particular. And I think it's so cool that now Rupert is now paying that back by sponsoring your show where we're basically, you're paying homage to Dave. I just think that the, the full circle here is so stinking cool. It is. And we're hoping for a few more of those full circle moments. Um, uh, the gratefulness that Rupert I don't think I'm telling tales out of school uh, by saying the gratefulness that Rupert feels for Dave and company. And and, and I say that because there's so many layers to it. There's the, the, the biggest layer that you just talked about, uh, you know, the comedy pieces, all the times things were shot in the deli thousands of times, uh, you know. But then there's also the staff who come by the deli every day. The, the, the deli literally sits inside uh, the building of the Ed Sullivan Theater, you know, and, and it's right beside the stage door, right near the stage doors. Um, and, and, and for years, decades, the staff and, and getting to know and, um, and Rupert is just so, he's like God took the word kind and turned it into a man. He's just <laughs> so kind. And the gratefulness he feels uh, for that, we're hopefully going to have him on to talk about that. He, he doesn't like being on camera so much. <laughs> no. But we do have a, 
we do have a few things planned. Um, we, we've asked Rupert in the past too, and he won't do it. But I will tell you this: he, the, I've never had a single conversation with him. To what you're saying, I've never had a single conversation with that man where he doesn't somehow work in what a great man David Letterman is, not just for broadcasting, <laughs> yep. but for America. Every single time he works that in, <laughs> he's that and guy. I love it. So that being said, um, I'll do the little pitch and then we're going to open the special box here because this box is from the Hello Deli. And uh, <clears throat> well, you know what? I'm going to open the box now. It's mostly it's mostly opened, you know, but it's not. So we're going to break the seal here. I don't know what's in here exactly. I have a feeling because of its dimensions. Um, now, the first thing I'm going to say that if you buy something from the Hello Deli, it's going to be expertly packed. You look at that. Um, it's it's expertly packed. And so, you know, oh, look at this. So has your late show with David Letterman's shirt seen better days and you need to replace it? Did you know that one of the only places on earth that you can buy a licensed? And if you're going to buy, you buy licensed. Let's support the big man, right? Um, <laughs> the only place you can buy licensed late show with David Letterman materials are at the Hello Deli in New York City. Hello-deli.com. Look at that. Thank you very much, Rupert. We appreciate that. My late show T-shirt actually has seen better days, so this is perfect. Um, but I have, hey, I have the light one and the dark one, and they both, I both were purchased from the Hello Deli, but they both need replacing. So I will definitely wait, 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 wait. What the? Oh, here I am. Oh, oh there oh, he hi. is. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> How many times has Rupert sat at that desk and spoken into that microphone? Mm. Not as many as times as you think with the microphone, because there was a little switcheroo that happened, but. No, but but he was on so much in the beginning, sitting in those chairs for sure, yeah, for sure, absolutely. Um, hey, speaking of the dark one, do they have just gray? No, they got the navy blue as well. Love it. Hello dashnelly.com. Oh my goodness, what else do they have? Hats? They got hats. <laughs> oh, I didn't know they still had the hats. I'm gonna get some hats. There you go. How many times do we see production crew wearing these hats, you know? Um, Here, I have a question. Can I ask a question while you're opening that? Yeah, please do. Well, when does this whole thing come full circle, and when does Hello Deli start selling Letterman podcast merchandise? Uh, More to come. (laughs) Okay. Fair enough. (laughs) Two hosts, folks. Two hosts. (laughs) Two hosts, one show. We're doing this. And then finally... Uh, I think iconic. This is a very cool moment that's going to happen right here, and it's going to relate back to Jay. So, has your late show mug broken? Did you need to replace your late show mug? Look at nice. that. You can do that at the Hello Deli. Hello Deli.com. The dash is for the dash of love Rupert puts in every sandwich. Um, so, <laughs> we are going to. <laughs> oh, that's a beauty. Uh, in front of my microphone. Um, this is the this is the truth in every single Letterman podcast that we have done. There are a pile of pencils. They're right in front of the microphone, right in front of the computer here. Uh, there are some historically significant pencils, every single one of them. This, of course, is the one double erasered late show pencil that I have. Um, I love it. I play with it all the time while I'm doing these podcasts, both HeCast and the Letterman podcast. Um, we've got some actual late show uh pencils as well that are sharpened and ready to roll um i've got four of those now here's some really cool here's here's something really cool not a lot of people have this one here says it's tonight's show on it i don't know if you can see that or not oh hilarious see that 
You're hilarious. And that's from the late night playset. Those are two pencils from the late night playset that I uh, I managed to uh, uh, liberate. Well, now did, did did you explain why? I mean, when when we when we first first started, I, I love Gary Shandling so much, and I sort of always channeled Gary Shandling a bit in my life, and uh, and I've met him a handful of times. But so the It's Tonight Show was sort of a, a variation on the you know Gary Shandling It's uh, It's Gary Shandling Show. I'm very glad you brought that up because we're both uh, gigantic Gary Shandling fans, you and I. Um, when I came over to the late night playset, you also gave me a very very cool gift and i want to highlight that gift you know you can't see it but on the end of this gray pencil oh i forgot about that there is a cbs logo there it is right there if you look at the stark white and redness of my head right in the middle of it you see a little black mark on that pencil and that is a cbs logo jay gave me this now would you mind saying the significance of this pencil no, the, the you're holding. I'm holding the last ones that I have, and you're holding. Uh, the these were uh, when they when the show first moved to CBS, like when this desk was new. These are the pencils that went with this desk, and they're actually from the show. Um, and they didn't have a name yet when they first moved here. That's why the jackets were Ed Sullivan Theater instead of mm-hmm. Late Show, and so the pencils were CBS. And they were gray at first. At nothing, there was a lot of stuff where things weren't supposed to look like NBC. So even though everything was sort of built the same way, they sort of mm-hmm. changed the colors on things like that. So whatever. The first couple of years, you'll notice. It's almost like a non-compete or something like that in a contract. You're like, all right, well, but for 18 months, you can't do anything like you used to do, you know? <laughs> um, so weird ways. But anyway, these are the last ones I have left. And uh, I just grabbed one out and gave it to you because I figured you would like it. Yeah. Uh, love it. And now... Uh, completing the the evolution, this part of the evolution of the studio, my pencils have a have a home, oh, and it's in an official Late Show with David Letterman mug sent to me that. directly by Rupert G. Now, would you like something sent by Rupert G? Please head on over to hello-deli.com, and he will hook you up. The pricing is uh, pre-inflation pricing too. I can't believe the pricing <laughs> that he's selling these things for as well. I. And I'm not even, that's not even a shill. Come that's on down, count, folks. Really? Pre-inflation pricing. Everything must go. <laughs> Thank you, Get Rupert. yourself a Paul um, Schaefer while you're there. <laughs> yeah, well, that, okay, the Paul Schaefer sandwich, which happens to be my favorite. Uh, yeah, more to come when it comes to this stuff. Like, there's cool stuff <laughs> happening. Um, we've got something really funny planned uh, to integrate Rupert into, the, into our show a little bit at his comfort level until he actually does come on here. And, and and talk about the gratefulness that he feels for Dave and company, which is, uh, it cannot be measured. It's so, uh, it's so robust. Um, Can I ask now, you another question since I'm, I'm co-hosting? Um, you, yes, say great, you say gratefulness. What is your reason yes. for that versus gratitude? Is it the same thing or are they different? Because oh, I like gratefulness. A really it's question. a little splashier than just gratitude, which, you know, hashtag <laughs> gratitude. I mean it whenever I say it, but like it sounds a little trendy sometimes. But gratefulness, I don't know. It's got a nice ring to it. Yeah, I mean, the gratitude he feels versus the gratefulness that he feels. Um, Is it the same? To me, to me, one's a little more emotional than the other. And I don't know, that might be automatic poetically maybe. Yeah. Uh, gratefulness just feels more emotional, whereas gratitude, it's like, no, the, the gratitude I feel is a little more like logical it. or straight-laced. I don't know. That's just no, my I, initial answer to that. Great. Um, speaking of gratefulness, you've moved over to the desk. That is fantastic. It's like, you know how to segue or something. It's like you're a professional or something, which you are, uh, it seemed like there was time to transition. So I took it. 
Now, I talked in the intro about life goals. Um, we are, you know, now that we're over a dozen episodes into this and things seem to really be snowballing and growing, we're talking about what our uh, studio renovation is going to look like. We're going to document that because there's some other side projects that are happening. We've got one of the bridges. We showed that uh, about a week ago. One of the bridges from Dave's set showed up. You actually went the, the next step further and identified which bridge it is. Oh, sure. Which bridge? Which bridge is it again? Do you want to get it so people can see it? I'm I'm going to grab it right now. Oh, I see. Uh, yeah, no, nearest I can tell. Someone else identified it first, but I agreed with their assessment. Some somebody online when you posted it originally, and I agreed with their assessment though. Uh, and then especially when you actually had it there in, in person because you could see the color of it and all. Uh, it's the Verrazano Bridge, which is uh, is basically the gateway into Manhattan, into New York Harbor. Yeah, for sure. There it is. The Verrazano you know, Bridge. And, and now, that would have been so far back on the skyline simply because of the size of it. Those bridges, you know, you remember, yeah. we don't want to get into this too much, but you remember, I was the first one, <laughs> other than crew, I was the first one in America to see yep. and play with those bridges because that was the night I was, whatever, in the theater. They're huge. I mean huge. The The big ones yep. are probably five feet taller than I am, and I'm six foot tall, six two. Uh, and then yep. the, the ones behind Dave were so long and big and they were deep because there were cars on, on them and everything. Um, yep. The fact that, that this one can fit in your house uh, means it must have been pretty far back, but it seems to be made the same way. You know, so it's all the same style and everything. There's no, it's not sure. lesser because it's smaller in my mind. Uh, I love this one because this one was actually located behind Dave's monologue spot. Like when you watch Dave doing the monologue, or the opening marks, whatever you want to call them. Uh, I think by that point, I think everyone did call it a monologue. You could see it behind his. Uh, if you're looking over his right shoulder, you could see it. Exactly. Um, and it was. It's. It's. It's got lights on the top and the bottom. We're gonna. We're gonna uh, get those lights all working again. Uh, and it, it's been. It was saved the day. Uh, you know, um, the 21st of of May 2015. Uh, this was rescued. It would have been in the dumpster with uh, the rest it's of the day, buddy. We call stuff. that D Day, right? Dumpster Day. It, it was dumpster day, yeah. And uh, so I'm really grateful that not only can we give it a home, uh, but that we can actually, you know, take some of the uh, the energy that's stored in this thing and use it uh, for something very positive, Letterman related, and uh, and then some. So we're well, building. Well, hang on, studio. but also, also, I mean, you know, we're trying to be sort of like this. Uh, uh, you talked about the community before, but one of the things we're trying yeah. to do is not necessarily collect them all in one place, but collect and identify where the location of all these artifacts are still existing. Many people have things in their collection uh, from that dumpster day or otherwise. There's people from stuff from the old NBC show. There's yep. the wonderful James Commissar from the Commissar collection who has almost yep. the whole old late night set. Um, you know, he donated that you you you're so smart he donated that beautiful uh david letterman uh uh print by who was it by uh Annie it Leibowitz. by Annie Leibowitz. Leibowitz. Yeah. so we're we're in we're gonna auction that thing off and 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 one of you are, are gonna get a chance to own it um we are trying to identify where all of these pieces have gone or where they are and sort of make a little bit of a i don't know a record or a registry or something like that at museum for lack of a better term and the yep. fact that you have one makes our job so much easier I agree. I agree. And, 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 uh, the delight that I have in having it. And then also the inspiration, because I am not, this is where I want to get into, uh, do you, did you bring your drawings? Oh no, they're in the other room, but I can go get them. Okay. Okay. So I'll let you go get them and I'll talk about this a little bit. Okay. Um, 
<clears throat> so, so one of the things that I love when it comes to, um, I, I spoke earlier about the idea of uh, collaboration versus uh, competition. And when we collaborate on things, one of the, the beautiful uh, byproducts of that is you take people who have certain strengths uh, that are other people's weaknesses and you have other people who have certain strengths um, that are other people's weaknesses. You put them all together and you have a well more well-rounded uh, viewpoint, vantage, skill set, whatever you want to call it. Jay has, and I'm not making this up or being hyperbolous as I say this, he has one of the most unique viewpoints when it comes to, I don't even know if I want to call it fandom or appreciation. Appreciation maybe might be the way to go. Whereas he I think autism takes the, the visual... <laughs> I mean, it's definitely spectrum, uh, for sure. I didn't even leave the desk while you were talking because I realized I have some of these loaded up in the uh, in the. Oh, okay. There. How old were you when you drew that? Now, for those who are, it, are viewing um, or who are on the audio, uh, J uh, Jay just put up a picture of a very well. I think those are pencil crayons. Uh, facts. Yeah, it was like colored pencils. It looks like it was drawn in nights, pen, but then filled the in in colored set. pencils. So that's in studio. What was it? Eight H? No, eight six six A. This would have been six A. This was this was some version of six A that I came up with in my mind because it was so much smaller than I thought it would be. So then I kind of drew it even smaller than it really was. Um, but yeah, but that's. Uh, I mean, every detail there. Uh, I don't know, middle school to high school, probably freshman sophomore somewhere in that name. And then if you look at this over here, after you move to this was I think dated ninety five. Um, that's the stuff we're sitting at right now. Yes, it is. That's from exactly right. And I mean, but you're and, right and, about the detail. The stuff in the window is ridiculous. And it's all correct. And I didn't look at a picture for any of this stuff. All of the, any picture I've ever drawn has never been from uh, uh, source material. It's just from my, my, my brain. <laughs> I'll tell you this, Jay. Um, many of the Letterman enthusiasts that I've met over the years, um, when we congregate and start talking about anything behind the scenes, it usually goes to... Um, you know, the executive producers, you know, Burnett or Morty or Barbara, things like that, or the writers, you know, um, um, you know, Steve O'Donnell or, or Steve Young or, or Spangle Squared or some of these other people. Uh, My obsessions you know, lied elsewhere. You went the other way. You went, you went down the path uh, that, that, of, of, that I don't really see. Kathleen Anchors, not necessarily a name people would would jump to unless they think about like the the the, the bookmobile or the uh the the mobile librarian the, the, the on-air stuff that she did the on-air stuff uh now you had a very different appreciation of kathleen anchors i did i did because i had a personal relationship with her um i <laughs> she's so special to me that i can't explain why at this point in my life that i still get emotional talking about it i used to call her all the time this stuff is so uh uh you know, this is such a focused drawing on all this stuff because I used to call her, um, you know, I called this NBC switchboard and eventually got to late night and eventually got the art department and eventually got her, you know, I didn't know who to call, but eventually I got her number and then man, I wore it out. And I would say, well, mm -hmm. how did you do this? Or how did you do that? And what did you make this out of? And where did you get this? And, and, and she was always so insanely nice. 
Mm. I mean, like, unbelievably so. I asked her where she got this microphone, and she's like, oh, dear, that's so easy to replicate. And I was like, what? What do you mean? And she was like, we've had to do it. She goes, you j- here's what you do. This is literally what she told me on the phone. I'm, in, I'm a sophomore in high school. She goes, here's what you do. You get a racquetball or a tennis ball can, and you cut one of the balls in half, and you glue them all together, and then you just get some tape and some paint, and you can do it, dear. You can do it yourself. She goes, we've had to do it on our own show, where they had to replicate it for bits or whatever. I had so many conversations like that with Kathleen Anchors. Um, I don't know if you said it or not. She was the Emmy-winning production designer of Late Night and, uh, and, and The Late Show. Um, and mm-hmm. lots of other shows. She, she did the Rosie O'Donnell show that I did work on, um, which I loved that environment so much because it was sort of like a little, a little bit like Dave's Late Night. Um, mm-hmm. But she was just incredibly kind and sweet and generous with uh, this crazy little high school kid who would call her and obsess. I called her over the, the, the break after NBC, the summer break from between NBC mm-hmm. and CBS. And I was like, well, what happened with everything? Where is the microphone? She goes, oh, dear, I'm sure that's under lock and key. And I was like, what does lock and key mean? And she's like, oh, dear. <laughs> Who's locks? Who's keys? Tell me. <laughs> oh, my God. I mean, really, really, just this obsessed kid. But she took the time, and she was so nice. And um, and it wasn't until, <laughs> so stupid. It wasn't until, like, way later that I kind of knew and put together you know, I was a kid, right? So like the pieces mm-hmm. didn't just fit together like they do as an adult. So I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know that I either ever saw the bookmobile or the ticket lady or whatever at first. It's like my relationship with her started on the phone before I saw her on TV. So then when I saw what she looked like and everything else, it was just, it was so weird. It was everything mm-hmm. was weird about it. And then you know, later on when I spent some time, a little bit of time at the Late Show, uh, I got to meet her and she was really nice. But anyway, R.I.P. Kathleen Anchors. She passed away. Gosh, twenty years ago now. I think it was two thousand two. Yeah, we're not going to stop Great talking lady. about her. Uh, Great you, you lady. Know, yes. Um, by the way, she was old school too. She was like old um, school. She like wouldn't take yes. any shit, and she and she was just really, really old school with the way she did things. Like everything was just hand drawn, and you know, a lot of art. Um, I'm pretty sure on Giller's channel, he's got the uh, the bookmobile on there. Uh, so if you want to see who we're talking about, please. Again, not until the show is over. You know, but once the show is over, if you're writing your notes of what to do when the show is over, it's go over to uh, to to the YouTube's and either on the official channel or on Giller's channel, find the bookmobile, and 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 you'll see who we're talking about here. Uh, they uh, from an on-air standpoint, but again, you having this special dynamic with her, I. I I don't know that there would have been a lot of, a lot of other high school kids uh, reaching out to her, and I think she must have gotten a real kick out of that. I mean, you might be right about that, but like, is it also maybe that I you know I got to her? I mean, like, I don't I don't know how it all worked. You know, what I mean, I tried to call mm-hmm. everybody. I called every department for every damn thing, but somehow because of I guess you're right. No, I guess you're right because of my artistic. No, I was just drawn to her. Yeah, maybe it was. Yeah. Maybe it was special. Because I was never like an art school student or anything like that. I just always took a liking to production design, I guess. I don't know. Sure. I don't know. It's but weird. You also it was about the environment. Heat. The Dave show, the, yeah. you know, what I was attracted to, we've talked about this before, but like Dave is so good, obviously. I don't want to ever take away anything. Like obviously he's the driving force he's behind the best. it all. But what I was he's attracted to was the show. It was the environment. I was a little kid who came from a <laughs> a weird background, a weird a weird family dynamic. And uh, so I attached to things very, very easily, like 
Sesame Street, Mr. Rogers, The Muppet Show, like all of these things were very, very inspiring and uh, inspirational and, um, and influential with who mm-hmm. I became. I mean, this microphone on Dave's desk was familiar to me because it looked like Kermit the Frog's microphone on Sesame Street News. So when yep. I was like, oh, here's an adult in, in human form doing sort of a, he's taught, and he's talking directly to me like a Mr. Yes. Rogers or a Muppet. Instead of yeah. talking at me, <laughs> trying to sell me something or whatever, <laughs> right? Uh, the authentic little kid in me really imprinted on that and attached to it, and um, so it's always been uh, the environment. I guess he created. Sorry, I'm spinning all around here. <laughs> That's great. the thing about you. You're so good about letting people just go. They just go. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was enjoying that on some of your podcasts, but anyway, I loved the whole environment. <laughs> it was that. It was that. It was that land of make believe. It was that little world, and so yeah. that's 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 what that's what I uh, tried to recreate here. I love the idea of the Mister Rogers connection because even the uh, the background with the buildings, you think about the opening to Mister Rogers and how uh, you know it was that was what it, it was about as well. You know the, Did, the 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 context there. I agree. Did you make that connection before we spoke about it, or because I'm wondering if other people are make those connections or if it's just me. Well, Mr. Rogers was my favorite broadcaster growing up. Now, again, I didn't attract to, I didn't attract to uh, the production side the way that you do, which again is one of the things that's so beautiful about you is that you attracted to that part, and that's the complementary part. Um, so I didn't necessarily put those two things together with the buildings and the different uh, connections that way. Even the music, when you think about it, you know, Paul's musical flourishes, the little piano flourishes that he would put in afterwards uh, to accent his words and things like that. A lot of similarities there for sure. And, and they weren't put in afterwards. That's the nice thing. It was all done live, just like Dave and Paul. It was one entity, one energy, all synergized and working together to create this thing that we hadn't seen before. Yeah. Um, and in many ways, I've said that, you know, there might have been a few batons in the middle, but my my appreciation of broadcasting baton was passed definitely from from Mr. Rogers to David Letterman at some point. There might have been a couple in the middle, but um, that's, that's but so certainly awesome. I it's, share that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and a lot of us do. Uh, you and I are definitely not the first to talk about that of guys in our age group uh, who have made that connection. The cool thing is, is we're creating a community around it where we can all talk about that together and have some of these realizations and and which will lead to us knowing ourselves a little bit better. I love that. Um, now, that being said, with Kathleen Anchors, because this is really, um, you know, we've had all sorts of people from the show uh, who have already, you know, reached out or been on the show already who are going to be in the future. Kathleen, like you said, um, you know, rest in peace. Um, I am really grateful that we have somebody, because I don't know who else it'd be, Jay, who's going to come on here to the Letterman podcast and talk about her. So we can talk about her as much as you want to talk about her. Oh, wow. Um, We need to tribute her. Mm -hmm. That's a really interesting point I hadn't really thought about. I would love to be that person. Well, that's kind of what we were talking about when we were talking, uh, you know, with the Letterman podcast, you're creating this archive of information. And then we talked about, well, you know, there's the alma mater at the David Letterman uh, at Ball State and the David Letterman Learning Center. Um, mm-hmm. But it's not really a, an archive for physical materials. It's more like an, an archive for ideas and, 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 and learning. Um, so the fact that we, we, the fact that I was even inspired to make that connection. I don't know. I, th- I think you're making me realize things in real time here. And maybe, um, maybe it's cooler than I thought, but I, I appreciate <laughs> well, it. Well, 
We didn't do a pre-interview, folks. Uh, Jay and I never do. Uh, the only <laughs> thing I said to him last night was, uh, have your drawings on hand. And, and, yeah, and I forgot. It's very... <laughs> no, no, but no, you had them loaded up. It's perfect. It's perfect. Uh, do you have any pictures of you doing your high school show loaded up? I'm sure I do. Well, I mean, I'm sure they're in here. Let's see. Um, okay. Oh, you know what? I uh, While I do, while I do, here's yep. me at Conan in the early years looking through the old window. Oh, that was the very, that. very first that. generation of Conan. That would have been like 94. I was at What a uh, tall high order. School. I can't wait to talk to him about taking over for Dave. And, 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 and like late night was, you know, unprecedented at that point. Having someone take over. Um, wow. Yeah. <laughs> the energy that you felt in there. I mean, and you and I can go deep on that. You know, the, the, the well, every 13 week commitment and all the bullshit. That no, 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 no. It was way worse than through. that. No, no, yeah. no. I think, I mean, you must have read the books. It was way worse than that. When we were there, uh, when I was there, we were getting, it was as small as being picked up week to week. Cause I was on the NBC side. I was on the production crew side, uh, in the audio department. So yep. we got different info than the, the staff on the show got, and I didn't really make these connections of how separated it was <laughs> until much, much later. Um, I, I always kind of thought I worked on Conan and I worked on Saturday Night Live. Well, really I worked for NBC in these, you know, sort of specialized departments. Um, mm -hmm. but either way it was, it was bad. We were getting picked up week to week and people were like fucking depressed and they're trying to put on a show pretending that they're not. Yeah. It was a very, very tumultuous time. And everybody at NBC, like all of the crew, all of the old school guys that worked on Letterman and Parr and all of the shows before in the same, uh, geographical location in the same studio, mm -hmm. they were all like, nope, nope. It's just not good. like, we're just it's <laughs> yeah they've seen this before they've been yeah there somebody said uh oh, rearranging yeah. the deck chairs on the titanic it was like yep okay all right okay <laughs> and obviously conan proved them all wrong which was sure. awesome but it yep. was not the magical place that i think you might think it was where they came in with all the ideas and changed television it was whoo it was not that. well the whim the whimsy that comes with nostalgia uh, it cannot be understated. And, 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 you know, we're talking about this right now and you think about pressures or things that we feel real time right now, whereas five years from now, especially when we all in our community have our way and, and the things happen that we aspire or, or, or think are going to happen. We're going to look back to these moments where things are pressurized a little bit. Uh, and, and, and we're going to look at that with, with, with a little bit of whimsy and nostalgia uh like we are with 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 conan right now because it did change it did um uh you know he is a legend now and and that legend um was brought about because of those times but during those times you're like fuck these times i don't want these times at all <laughs> this is not what the human experience is supposed to be like but it is that hardening of the diamond uh in that in that coal you weren't there you and i've never talked about this um obviously uh the lore or the whimsical nostalgia uh, says that the the night that things started turning for Conan was when Dave showed up, um, and and I, I think he did a walk on first and then maybe a first appearance, something like that. Uh, um, I think it was the other way, it was the other way around. I think, but yes, okay, but yeah. I, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, uh, you know, uh, how did you get this show? <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, there was a there was a get your own talk show contest. I came in fourth. I love yeah. that line. It's a great love that great line. joke. Um, were you there the night Dave showed up? No, no, I wish. I wish. Um, in fact, I watched that night for sure. Um, yeah. There, there were, two, I mean, there were, there were two that I recall. One, he was a, a, 
a guest where they promoted it and it was going to be a, a big deal and he was on and uh, you know they had him throw a pencil through the window and all that stuff. I think it's the one you're talking mm-hmm. about. But then there was another one, and I'm pretty sure it happened afterwards where Joan Collins was going to was a guest on Conan. And if you remember the old days of Joan Collins and Letterman, she was always on Live at Five yes. across the hall. She would do that show no problem, but she wouldn't do late night so they would always send someone across the hall and eventually it got crazy with security one night it's a funny compilation i think don's put up as well uh but she was sitting on she was in the chair up at conan and so dave came through the yellow door they were yellow at that point but the old blue doors from his studio and and just sort of walks up on the set and sits down you know moves andy over and sits down on the couch and you know starts uh basically harassing joan collins uh and that i recall uh making an even bigger splash but i think See, for me, for me, the show changed after I left. It was after Andy left. That's when I think Conan found his voice and, and, and right. began his own show. I think they were always kind of like, we don't know what we're doing. I don't know. Until they sort of got there, even though the stuff they were doing was good. Boy, did you ask me about Conan? Why am I talking about Conan? Holy crap. No, no, no. That's, that's, that's all good. No, we're just, oh, okay. it's just jazz, buddy. We're good. Right. I, I love this because he's the host normally. And so he's like, crap, where are we going next? Don't worry, buddy. I got it. We're yeah. Good. Well, I, I couldn't remember what you asked me or why I was talking at all. No, no, no. I asked if you were there the night that Dave came on Conan's show. No, and, no, and, no, and, no, 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 yeah, no. Yeah. And, and, um, and how awesome In fact, here, it, I think way? I told you this. I was... Yeah. I should have been so excited to work on Conan in 6A. Like, this is my dream location, geographic location in the world. I'm on the sixth yes. floor of, of the NBC building. Um, it was so different. It was intentionally different. They wanted to be anti-Dave. They changed everything, the stage space, the audience space. They changed every single thing, painted every surface so that it was different. Yeah. And then and then I, you know, go in there the first time. Uh, I think it was in the audience the first time I was in there when it was different, but I just... It was so strange. And then when I worked there, it was like the all I every day I just wished I could have been there when it was what I wanted it to be instead of mm-hmm. this other thing. <laughs> yeah. The thing I, that I wasn't that. working at the time. Another experience of the human condition is is exactly what you're talking about here. This is exactly what I wanted, but it's not quite exactly what I wanted. But I can't go back. I can't jump into DeLorean and go back in time and and, and make right. that happen. And but right? also remember, for me, it was insanely young and early. I was undeveloped as a human being. I was yeah. I was I was working at Thirty Rock the senior year of high school with my internship and going to night school at yep. night. So. It, it was a very very strange relationship to be so talking to these hard hard adults like these hard old school guys still smoking balls <laughs> and stuff and like they're gonna, and then meanwhile like i don't know how to do my homework <laughs> yeah it was a weird weird um i guess it formed a pretty unique person but it was a weird uh, experience before we get back to dave uh this is sort of dave related did you ever see the pickle um i you mean the one that was that supposedly i don't think i did i don't think i did okay if you did, did, you wouldn't have known what it was. No, I mean, but wasn't it a, wasn't not, it a big oversized like inflated pickle or something? Yeah, I think that's what it is. Yes, a yeah. stuffed pickle or, a, or an inflated one. But yeah, anyway, I remember hearing about Seth Dave left has. it in, in the office for Conan. Yeah, something like that. Something yeah. like that, or the writer, the head writer, writers did it, or, or or something. But apparently, it has made its way down through all the incarnations of late night, and Seth has it now. Apparently, Dave and Conan have a weird thing where you know Dave does a lot of those gift things those gift gags and they're kind of supposed to be between (laughs) the giver and the recipient but somehow conan always makes it public and then it becomes a thing and then dave's (laughs) like 
You know what I mean? Like the horse thing is what comes to mind. And he's yeah, like, well, course. I don't know why he kept the horse. He wasn't supposed to keep the horse. I mean, for God's sake, <laughs> he decided but, to keep the horse. Okay, but I know why he kept the horse. If 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 I would have been Kimmel who received the box of ties, there's another public gifting that that that, that happened. Sent Letterman when he retired sent all of his ties to Jimmy Kimmel. Apparently, legendarily, um, if I'm the recipient. I'm looking at that going, this is from David fucking Letterman. I'm keeping this. And 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 Dave's like, it's a joke. Like it's and the example he uses is uh he's going to a wedding, give somebody a set of snow tires and wrap them up individually. <laughs> That's a great gift, you know. Love that. Um but yeah, it has come out publicly and 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 little things like this though are the thing, the the crumbs or the tidbits that folks who are enthusiasts of this stuff. Eat up. Love to hear. Oh, give me more of those crumbs, please. You know, mm. I want to make a meal out of those crumbs. It's it's such a um, it's such a rich thing that comes from normal things that are just a little bit funny or a little bit off. It's 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 I love that. And we're we're celebrating well, funny these and things off. right now. Yeah. <laughs> a little wow. bit funny and a little bit off for sure. <laughs> a little bit off. But so are we all. Um, now, that being said, uh, you know, we're almost an hour in. I knew that you and I were going to go between an hour and, and, and 90 minutes in the first one. And I love this already because we have gone exactly. This is a Letterman podcast talking about Kathleen Anchors um, and, and what you've built there. Um, do, you, do you want the photos also, that you asked for before? I'm not trying to steer. If you got them. I, I pulled if them you up, got yeah. them. Yep. Yeah. Good. I got a bunch okay, of, there were so. a bunch of different variants. I mean, we, you know, I mean, it started something like this in the, yep. in the studio at high school. That's, uh, That's me you. Interviewing. That's you oh. in high school. Yeah, and that and that's I'm interviewing two girls from Up with People. <laughs> Fantastic! <laughs> they oh came my to God. our town, and Dave used to make fun of them. So I was like, "Hey, you get them on the show. We'll put them on the show." And uh, now look at was, the background. Look yeah, I did all that, but based on what Kathleen Anchors told me, how to do it. I can only to dream to have that in my studio right now, and I'm a grown ass man with 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 uh, friends who own construction companies. Mike, like, and I could I could only imagine that. Like, Mike, holy shit, all, dude! It's all cardboard and Christmas lights. You just have to know how to do it, and that's what I asked her, and she told me. You know what I mean? That, that's that's the uh, the education I got was me calling Kathleen Anchors and asking her how to replicate all this silly stuff. Uh, so that You're was the first one. And, and by the way, shout out to Susan Jesus. Graybill, who was the theater uh, person at the at the uh, high school, who you know helped me too with you know making stuff and whatever. Uh, now, what microphone are you using? There? Okay, look at that one. There you go. There. Oh, there's what we're talking. Yeah, about Yeah, there's right a little there. asshole, huh? Look at that little asshole. The, the ja yeah, but with the. Ja <laughs> He's folks. He's he's a teenager, and he has the wherewithal to wear just uh, the suit jacket and still keep the jeans on. Look at that yep. guy. Yeah. Um. That's that's a weekend update appearance in the first place. Now let's talk about that microphone. Is that the microphone that ended up on Dave's desk for ten years? It is. These all these all are. Uh, this is the closest. This is probably the latest photo. I mean, the latest uh, yep. version. It, I had I had to have it chromed because you know I, I used my allowance. I think I told you the story. I used like yeah. so many years worth of Christmas money, whatever. It was like six hundred dollars. I don't know to buy this microphone. I had to find it first, and then I bought it, but it wasn't the right color, so I had to have it chromed, and I had the piece yep. made in the back and whatever. So after all of that work, it looked as close to Dave's as I could here, and that's what it ended up looking like when I when I gave it to Dave. So that's the mic that ended up on Dave's desk. Okay, and and again for that story, we're gonna send you back to that episode of HeCast, which we will uh, put up in comments. I'm gonna actually put it up on our YouTube right. channel as well, so you will see that the, the story of, of that. But it's just hang more on, interesting hang on, to hang look on. At I got I got your tease for you right here. If you want your tease, okay. This was the original okay. David Letterman microphone. One night, this happened. 
Once you get her started, by oh, God, you no just, there's no stopping her. I've noticed two problems with the new set. What? Well, one, uh, this microphone is higher than it needs to be. Now, what's that about? Well, it's because the other microphone, the one that's been on the desk for two and a half years here and uh, 13 and a half years at NBC, last night that was stolen. Uh, you're kidding. Now, that was stolen. So, <laughs> so we had to replace it with this other uh, new, and it occurs to me that we stole that microphone from NBC. So, you know. <laughs> So, if you want um, to find you. out that story that. and more, tune into the tune into uh, well, we are going to link it somehow. Oh yeah, we're going to link it. Um, the your episode of HeCast where you go through the whole thing. It's a phenomenal story. And and it, but so after that went yet. missing, I ended up giving uh, you get the story. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So you ended up trading microphones with David Letterman at his house. Uh, <laughs> not trading microphones. You giving your microphone, which he then took and used on the set for ten years. Yep. Um, and and uh, crazy, a phenomenal story, and it's not over yet. Uh, you, you know, we're, we're well, we can talk an entire episode and 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 tribute the fact after you give this one back to Dave or or whatever that, however it's going to turn out. Um, and I do believe that there's going to be a, a PS to this whole thing. It's going to be awesome. Right. Um, but that being said. Um, that 16 year old, 17 year old in those pictures, um, I just identified so oh, sorry, much. Sorry, 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 sorry about are that. You? That's okay. <laughs> He's like, I was trying to go back to the pictures and that's what happened. Um, so here's one thing. You know what? comedy, this, ladies and gentlemen. Here's something put together by the yeah. great Don Giller. This was done by the Don, the great Don Giller. He sent these to me going, oh, now I get it. So you get me in the top left there with my high school microphone. Yep. You get Dave in the top right with the original microphone. Then you get Dave in the bottom yep. left with the replacement microphone after it went missing. And then bottom right, the replacement microphone that I gave him on his desk. Isn't that weird? No, it's fantastic. So, so top um, left and bottom right are actually the same. It's just been chromed and you know changed a little bit. Yeah. And, and that just shows your attention to detail. And, and I just appreciate it so much um you, you you again we appreciated the bits and and when i say we we all appreciate including you but so many of oh, us just much. gravitated to the content you gravitated to the detail in behind and 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 that is so evident when you walk onto the playset right now i i i'm 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 in awe of, of what it is that you guys have built and thank you for the inspiration to give us a bit of a guide as we change our studio, as we get our bridge uh, integrated somehow, and 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 the pictures of uh, of stuff, and and even the mugs and the pencils and and all these things that we're um, that we're doing here on this show, uh, you know, Kathleen inspired you, Jay, and I know you deflect shit the way that Dave does too. I swear to God, you inspire me in in what it is that I'm doing here. Um, you've totally made me think bigger about how I can turn the Letterman podcast studio, you know, if it's, uh, you know, uh, the podcast network North, you know, uh, into that living museum that we talk about a, a little bit and then put our own mark onto it. You inspire me, man, the way that Kathleen inspired you. So thank you for that. Oh shit. Oh no. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. He's gone, ladies and gentlemen. You were being too nice and you're right. I can't take it. <laughs> I know you can't. I know you can't. Um, but it's, it was important that we talk about Kathleen today um, on this episode. I, I appreciate you giving us a tour of, 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 of what you have there. I, I just that microphone is so important to me, too. Um, I have a, a version of that tattoo. I've got a tattoo on my back. That's like 21 of my favorite things. And one of those favorite things is that microphone. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's crazy. I, had that I mean, it was it, apparently I'm not the only one that uh, that had some sort of an imprint on it, but it's crazy, isn't it? Yeah, it's amazing. Uh, I, and and when I came in and saw it live, I was speechless. Like it is, it's seeing an artifact. Um, you know, and we've talked about the history of that microphone. Uh, you know, our, we're gonna we're gonna link up our version or not our version, but Candace's in my appearance on uh, on Cars and Comedy back then. It was the 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 just the late night playset, which is the geographic area but cars and comedy takes place in the late night playset and you now you can that's stop sort of selling defined. it so hard it's all going to change anyway <laughs> well that's true <laughs> it's all just a transition we're just that's all true. we're doing is but making gonna, people more aware of what we do our reaction to that uh to, to seeing that microphone for the first time is is, is around and, and and it is it's it's awe-inspiring for a select few of us um, i'm glad we're getting all this select few of us together it feels really cool watching this ecosystem kind of assemble itself into a weather pattern don't you think uh yeah i wouldn't have put it maybe necessarily quite like that but sure i mean i i you know anything that we're all drawn to this so if there's other people who are and we all get to share it then there's more for us to enjoy uh obviously i think that's a very good thing yeah I, again, I, what I said in the beginning, I really believe to be true. It's not so much of us. I think we are just sort of settling into the right place in, in the right time. I, I, I think it's the, the temperature. I think it's the timing. I think it's, you know, the back to the future theory of the every 30 years things repeat kind of thing. Um, mm, mm -hmm. You know, I, I think it's a lot of that going on. I think, I think it's just, uh, and Dave didn't go away. That's the thing. Dave didn't just disappear mm -hmm. right off to the sunset. The fact that he's still current and active. Yep. Um, and because the body of work is so immense and so dense, I think yeah. that uh, the, the, the folks like us who have always enjoyed it are continuing to enjoy it. But like Back to the Future, Ghostbusters, and so many other things, these kids, friends on Netflix, you pick one, uh, mm -hmm. the kids are then seeing the YouTube clips that the Dons put up or that um, the, the actual uh, Letterman channel is putting up now. And they are going, oh, what's that? Because when we were mm -hmm. like, that's not the Letterman we knew. That's that's not the old guy at the desk, you know, and that's what they think of as Letterman. <laughs> Holy crap. <laughs> I mean, if that's all he was ever, if that's all I knew him as, I probably wouldn't have imprinted either. It was like, oh, that's just mm -hmm. it's the end of this long ride that I wasn't a part of. But we're on the long we're along for the ride we have been it seems like the ride might be starting over is what I'm, i guess i'm trying to say yes <laughs> yeah and, and, and i, I and hate being again this is hard <laughs> <laughs> relax you're overthinking it you're great um <laughs> this is this is this has already been an awesome episode and we are going to kind of turn it towards the end but it, you know obviously just the beginning um, you know, it's very clear, I think, to our viewers and listeners, okay, so these connections that are happening are also growing networks and, 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 and networks upon networks that we're going to just put together and we'll intertwine with each other. It's, it's fantastic. Thing, and, and if we're trying to be the thing, we're going to fail. This thing is bigger than yeah. us, but if we're just yes. kind of like along for the ride, I, it's going to be a great ride. That's what I feel. Yeah. Well, it's, and it already is. It already is a great ride. And, and, uh, I'm grateful um, and, 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 and again, and the grateful, the gratitude and gratefulness that I feel both, like both sides <laughs> of the brain. Um, that are was both, a legitimate uh, question. I wasn't trying to give you shit. It was a legitimate question. It's funny. And that's a legitimate callback. That's a legitimate callback to that question. I love it. It's in preparation for this show, I did, I watched two things. One was your Daniel Kellison interview. 
God is that good. I have told you off air that we've been trying to get him here since we started this show. He was one of the first people I ever wanted to get here because of all of his connections with Norm and and, and all of the things he's done. Yeah. I'm so impressed that you got him. That was so good. I loved it. And then for the balance, I ended up watching some of Gary Shandling on early Leno, like when Leno first oh, took over wow. for Johnny. Oh, yeah. those shows are so bad. It's, 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 it's the only <laughs> thing that's making me feel better about this experience. Because, it, you know, Jay steps on every punchline that Gary tries to do. And it's just instead of oh. a host guest situation, it becomes like a, it's more of a, you know, Jay didn't know how to do that job in the beginning, no matter how many times he guest hosted, right? Because he was still guest right. hosting Johnny's show. So I had to do it that way. Once it was yeah. Jay's show, he didn't know what the shit he was doing. And I'm watching these commercials, I mean, these clips now, and it's like, it reminds me of myself for the first three years of this show. And I hate to compare myself to Jay Leno, but it ain't easy. It's not easy. <laughs> <laughs> and watching Gary Shan, I'm telling you, I'm going to send you some of these clips afterwards because it was two different appearances, okay. his first and maybe his second. But Gary Shanling and Leno, it's 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 hilariously awful <laughs> and awfully hilarious. <laughs> um, well, you said something that is uh, universal, I think, to any host who has a guest on. That is trying to be funny. There is no feeling for a host for me anyway, personally. Maybe I maybe I'm being too broad. So I'll just I'll make it personal. There is no worse feeling in the world than stepping on a guest's punchline. It's awful. So you've done it. Oh God. The the times that I have done it are just Same. uh you know, thank goodness I cut my teeth through he cast, which isn't necessarily a, a funny podcast it's a mental wellness podcast but there have been guests who have come on i've had stand-ups on i've had filmmakers on who are talking about stand-ups that they've filmed and they're 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 talking about the joke and you think they hit the punchline and you start to go somewhere with it and they go whoa hold on a second i'm not oh god that feeling of awkwardness inside when they do that um and i browbeat myself afterwards it's it's i can't I wait to... stepping on people's oh i just did it to you i'm sorry no just... no no no, no. <laughs> Not at all. I, I hate stepping on people's punchlines is all I was going to say. No, I, I, it, it, it's hard with the Zoom. Um, I yeah. can't wait to send these to you because it happens so many times. It's ridiculous because they're fighting for the line. It's like they're playing best joke, beat the joke, um, but they're on air. It's the Tonight Show now. Like, what are we doing? What do you mm-hmm. want? It? What do you want? It? What's going on? And he would t- Jay would take every opportunity possible to insult Gary in some way, be it age or you know, gray in his hair, whatever it happens to be. Uh, and it was, and even when the other guest is out, like another guest, Gary, you know, Gary's moved yeah. down the couch. It's so weird and awkward. And I'm, I'm just kind of grateful that I don't have that comic gene in me. Again, you and Kellison were talking about this. And <laughs> should I, should I say on this show that I, should I remind people that the people asked for Jay Leno on our show? <laughs> I, for years, I said, I want to have Dave before Leno. Everyone's like, but you could get Leno, get Leno, because he's so, so big in the car community, and we talk about like, cars a lot. So they were like, yeah, you know, whatever. And then one night on the show live, we did a, who do you want to see? And it was all the thing. And the yeah. number one person was Jay Leno. So I was like, all right, guys, if you want him, I'm pretty sure we can get him. And then four weeks later, yeah. he did it. So it wasn't for me. That one wasn't mm-hmm. for me. That was pure softball out of me. I'm saying this on the Letterman podcast. Don't watch that show and think, oh, because I, I say so many things. I'm like, you're such a nice guy, Jay Leno. Uh, yeah, but you also me, say, I think you that was me You didn't channeling. really hide in a closet, did you? I think you that was really me. really hide in a closet, did you? <laughs> but when I was like, you're such a, such, such a nice guy, Jay Leno, I think that was me channeling uh, what's Helen Kushnick in the movie, you know, 
talking to him. It was a weird experience having him in the studio here. It was very, very strange. I have two reactions. It's, not, it's my least favorite show there. we've ever done. Oh, that is so, that's fascinating right there that you'd say that. Um, oh, I'll t- I, mean, I have two reactions. Not, be- not necessarily reactions because of Jay Leno, but it's my least favorite uh, result there's ever been. No, I, I, I hear you. Um, two, two things that I would like to say, you know, when you talk about Shandling and Leno's botched interviews, if you want to call it botched. Um, <laughs> yeah, I didn't know, say that. Uh, no, okay. If, if, if there was a moment they were trying to recreate, the moment that you're describing is when Leno would show up on late night because that wasn't just when Dave and Jay would do their back and forth on late night, which by the way, the deck is stacked because it's all, it's a different show. It's not the tonight show. And when a comic comes on or a stand-up comedian comes on and there's panel that's happening, when Dave and Jay would go back and forth, you could tell it was also, okay, we got this panel and we got this and you're going to use some of your standup as you're, we're, we're, we're talking, but then instead of just setting the volleyball for him to spike it, it would be spiked back and they would insert little lines in there and it became a completely different thing. Now that's a high wire act. Um, if, 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 if Jay and Gary were trying to do that, um, not the easiest thing in the world. And perhaps we're seeing two things that were similar, but completely opposite. Again, I feel like we have a different read on the situation, and I will refer you back to your own episode with Daniel Kellison, and I feel like he's yes. the one who has the the thumb on the pulse of this thing. Um, Jay Leno just wanted to compete. He just wanted to – That's he was the same on both of those shows. The reference you made is excellent because him on Letterman is exactly what he was doing. But Dave in the chair in the – you know, he he would – he could play back. This is – Yes. If, if Dave were doing that to Jay, it would be an awkward – uh, it would be an awkward interview. You know what I mean? So this yes. is Jay, the new host of The Tonight Show at the desk, being this way yes. with a guest who he should be treating yes. better no matter what. Yes. And then if Gary fl- flung it to him, maybe he flings it back. I don't know. But uh, I see what you're saying. I, again, say that I feel like um, the history here is very deep. Uh, I yes. played extreme softball with Jay Leno when he was here because I was hoping, I am hoping that we'll have him back, uh, and I intend to be a little bit, you know, whatever. Um, so uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I think you, I think Daniel's got the personality right on this one, and I, and I and and there were a number of things he said that I share and agree with at my core. Well, and this is the second reaction that I have uh, to what you said. I would love to see. Daniel Kellison in the chair beside you, and you guys talk about this. I think that would be a fascinating segment of Cars and Comedy. Um, and then you guys could move on to you know the past or the future or whatever. But I would love to see you guys talk about that. That to me is uh, take my money, even though it's a free show. Uh, that's 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 must see internet TV as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I, I I mean in a heartbeat here. You know he's already welcome. We would love to have him. I reached out even just recently after you told me he was gonna do your show, and uh, I haven't heard yeah. back yet. But I, I did I did reach out. Uh, I would love that simply so we could have an honest conversation about it. Um, the the truth is the Jay Leno show. The first half of it I hate. I mean I hate with a passion. I mean it's so uncomfortable for me to watch because it's not. I'm not me. I'm like I'm somebody. I couldn't feel. It was a weird. It was a weird thing. And then somehow when we were wrapping it up and like sort of like out of time and he was like, oh, any more questions? And then I was like, well, wait a second. I mean, you're Jay Leno. I mean, I've known you my whole life. I can, can I just, can we just do this? Because, mm-hmm. you know, in the beginning he was like, so what are we going to talk about? He was like kind of concerned, you know, so what are we going to talk about? And, whatever. and then, yeah. 
And then at the end, he was kind of giving me a little bit of freedom. So you 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 know what happened? I put the damn card yep. down, and it just became this. Yep. And uh, I think the second half of that interview, at the very least, is interesting because I do feel like we go a couple places maybe he hasn't gone before. But yeah. overall, I felt like even when pushed, he still gave the same. You know, what I mean, he's good at what he does. He knows Talking what he's points. doing. He knows what he's doing. He he sure. he was number one for a reason. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. not any reason I would want to be number one, but. Um, but, you know, it was important to him. I think Daniel was right. I think he likes to compete. Anyway, sorry. I, and yeah, meanwhile, no. I still like him as a person because he's very nice to us. He, he came here. He came to our little condo in, yeah. in Los Angeles, right by Universal Studios, and came here and sat in the Letterman chairs to do this little thing. So, ah, I don't know. I told, him when that- I, I told him when I invited him the first time, I go, listen, so I've been wanting to ask you for a while, but, like, it's weird for a couple of reasons. And I said... We use the old Letterman set. He goes, ah, oh, I don't think that'd be weird at all. Uh, me and Dave, you know, everybody made a big day. I was like, I got the same answer he would have given the, the lady Walters. buying a newspaper or entertainment tonight. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. I don't know. He knows what he's doing. Uh, well, I, I'm glad you went into this, too. I wasn't, I wasn't going to push it in that direction. Uh, I certainly didn't mean to. to. There, Sorry. But- <laughs> Oh, no, no, no. I'm glad you did. I'm glad you did because I wasn't sure how comfortable you'd be talking about it. It was the Kellison of it all. I want Kellison yeah, here and Ke- I don't want him yep. to think that I'm Leno's like little buddy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, can I ask I you a question? I think maybe that's why I said it. Uh, you know what? Uh, this is going to be the last question I ask you and then and then we'll uh, we'll sign off and we'll just say more to come on everything else. And, and, and uh, you can see me, by the way, uh, two nights a week helping out uh, the production of Cars and Comedy live at five Tuesdays and Thursdays. Canada um, Mike. And, and lots more of this. Lots more of this every week if you want it. Um, but that, it's I'm not just us. We have we actually we have great guests, too. I mean, we, it's not just us doing this on the show. We have fantastic. No, not. Uh, oh, my uh, God. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and good ones coming up, like lots of good stuff coming up. Um, and, yeah, and, and it's going to be repeat week. It's going to be, if you like the Letterman podcast and you liked all the guests you saw on it, tune into Late Night Plays that next week for what do we got? Tom Dreesen and we've got uh, yeah. uh, Eddie's coming up again. Eddie Brill. <laughs> Everybody you've already had. So great. Um, and then we can go back and forth and play ping pong uh, with that. I love it. But I'm going to ask you this one question about Jay Leno. Would you say, that car community Jay Leno um, is the real Jay Leno or is very different than performer Jay Leno? What's the question? Do I car think they're different? Jay I don't Leno. think they're I don't think they're different. I don't think Jay okay. Leno is different. I think Jay Leno is exactly the same. I think I think uh, I think I think that's one of the problems. <laughs> I think I think um, I don't know what I don't know exactly what you mean. Do, do I well, think the car at- Jay Leno is different than the TV late night competing Jay Leno? No. Okay. I, 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 as a viewer, watch Jay Leno's Garage, and it feels a lot more comfortable than The Tonight Show, even though the monologue on The Tonight Show was a honed machine oh, or whatever. Oh, you're talking I about just the shows? Uh, no, I'm 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 taking that question and showing where it, the mechanics of the question. I look at those two shows and say, okay, 
that to me seems almost like two different guys. Here's the natural guy that is doing exactly what he wants to be doing, exactly what he's called to be doing when I watch Jay Leno's Garage. Um, and I was just curious if in life, because you know him from the car community. It's not like yeah. you, you know, you didn't work for The Tonight Show. You didn't do any of the stuff that you've done in broadcasting or TV with him. You know I him from I the car on The Tonight Show when I curious. worked first moved out here. Oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Um, but, but I'm just curious if that car community Jay is different from other so Jays. I think here may be the difference. Uh, when you say car community Jay, I associate it with my friend Jay Leno that we see out and about and we sit and, you know, like yes. we sit at a table and, and, and break bread. We'll shoot, shoot the shit or whatever yeah. uh, with other people present. Sure. Um, you know what I mean? Like if you're talking about the Jay Leno, who's on the Jay Leno garage show, that all has to do with the production of that show. You know what I mean? Sure. The, the tonight show had 200 people working on it and crazy energy, everything you were talking about, this studio and the band and all that energy. And you know, it's gotta yeah. be like this and ratings and all that. None of that is existent on the Jay Leno uh, YouTube or CNBC show. He just is at home in his garage several blocks from where I'm sitting right now, um, yep. where he spends all day, every day, except when he's out driving the cars. Um, and so it's like I'm at, it, 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 he's doing a version of what we're doing. You know what I mean? Like It's like he, he goes mm. to his little workshop every day and he... They they turn the stuff on and what are we? I mean it's it's all scheduled like a real TV show, but there's none of that crazy. We're doing a live broadcast five shows a week, right? It's just a different environment. So for the energy to be different, I mean I think I don't know how the energy could or would be the same. Um, as far yeah. as where he's more comfortable, he's clearly way more knowledgeable and interested in talking about cars than movie stars for sure. And I th I I'm sure I've heard him say that. Yeah, well, I mean, not that I'm interested in watching a ton of Jay Leno, other than him and Dave, because that was legendary stuff to me, and I still it holds up. But that's up every all these time we're later. together. That's what we talk about because that's the only thing I'm interested in talking about. Every single time it comes uh, up, I was like, you know, you, you're fucking never better than blah blah blah. Or I'll say, every time I see him, literally, this is this, this is the Godland truth. Every time I see him, I go, so what's your beef? <laughs> <laughs> what's my beef? And he'll usually, you know, say something, and it gets it just gets us going into material, and then just kind of talking and shooting the shit. Um, uh, he's not anybody I would have ever chosen to know given the situation, but right. where we are and everything, I also can't be like, fuck Jay Leno. He fucked over Letterman no. and then Conan. And then you don't even know about you're like, yeah, do I feel that way? Yeah, kind of. But I also mm -hmm. get perspective in people and I can see the type of person he is. And I think that is the type of person he is. Kellison's got it right. He's not going to change. So like, yeah. what do you do? I know him. Yeah. So what? Sorry. Yeah, exactly. Okay. <laughs> he's not that's, my favorite person in the world, but I'm grateful to him for spending. He's been very nice to us. Yep. I, uh, yeah. Thanks for opening up about that. That's awesome. I didn't expect this to go uh, this d deep into this today. I thought that would be a separate episode to be perfectly frank. And we've kind of taken, I never thought I'd uh, talk about a couple it. of cool things. Yeah. Well, there you go. Um, <laughs> you're welcome. Uh, <laughs> you're a good um, host, Mike Chisholm. I'll tell you. Get people to say, open up about um, shit. Let's let's <laughs> let's finish off. Uh, uh, I can't believe this. What's what this going to be listed at? The Kathleen Anchors Jay Leno episode of the <laughs> Letterman podcast. It's, it's going to be the Kathleen Anchors episode with. Uh, we also talk about Jay Leno a little bit, uh, and I want to finish <laughs> with Kathleen Anchors. I, I I do because I think it's very important. You didn't know that I was thinking 
there's really not a lot of other records. That's the thing about you said about Dave still being around and why we need to do this now is because a lot of the people are still around. Sadly, some of them aren't. There was a pivotal moment in the in the in the history of this show when Alan Coulter passed away. And I, I was I mentioned it to a couple of people this week, including a couple of Letterman people, and how disappointed my heart was on a professional level. Never mind the personal thing. I love Big Red so much, but when he passed away on the professional level, it's like, shit, we missed our opportunity to talk to him and, and, and to, and to let him reflect on this stuff. Kathleen anchors doesn't have that, but she has you. And, and I, I think oh. that, that, that that's, well, no, like, like seriously, who is this? I'll be her advocate and I'll tell, I mean, yes, yes. I, I think she was yes. fantastic, but I, uh, I mean, that woman won Emmys for her work. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm some guy who built a studio in his dining room, you know? Although, and, and we should say this too, I'm pretty sure we're the only podcast, not a podcast, in the world with an Emmy-winning set, right? Like, I can't imagine another one having an Emmy-winning set. This is the set from The Late Show with David Letterman that won the, the production design Emmy that year, 94. I say, I say we proclaim that fact, and uh, you know, we make t-shirts in the whole nine yards and say to everyone else, prove us <laughs> wrong, but I think we're right. I think you're right on that. Perfect. Yeah, Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. Um, we're going to keep saying it until somebody tells us different. No, absolutely. And and again, that is the attention to detail you put into this. That is what you're inspiring me to do as we evolve this part of the network. Um, and, and I'm just so grateful to be doing this with you, to be running as fast as I can in the direction that I'm running while you're going in the direction that you can, uh, as fast as you can, uh, that you're going. And it's very, very awesome. So thank you for being my brother from another mother in this. Thank you for inspiring me. You make me want to be better. You have taught me a measure of things that you don't even realize that you've taught me. Never, the, ne, never mind the stuff that you know you've taught me. Uh, I just want to say thank you for being in my life. Thank you for being my friend. And I'm very excited where we're going with this. Oh, you know I don't take praise well. Right. I just I know. I turned on the bubbles for you because I don't take praise well. <laughs> Oh my gosh! <laughs> yeah, came with the desk. Came with a button for the bubbles, and we got smoke cleaned, here too. Did I tell you they, about the smoke? Is the smoke working again, or the smoke? Oh, look at it's I see funny, a little it's bit. It's funny you mentioned that. The smoke is and isn't working. It, there is, it is blowing like crazy, but it seems to be blowing through all the vents instead of out the thing. So we got a new smoke machine, but maybe we need another one. <laughs> He's got smoke blowing on his crotch, ladies and gentlemen. Um... <laughs> it's coming up from somewhere. <laughs> Uh, this is fun. Like I, and you know, okay. Take the praise aside. Um, are you having fun with what it is that we're doing here? Uh, yeah. Th I mean, I, I haven't, I don't, wouldn't say I enjoyed myself today here, but, uh, um, uh, in general, yeah, this is, this is a crazy thing. Uh, was yeah. it Reggie Watts who said it when he came first? He goes, you're just like a, like a model railroader, but like with a different subject matter. And I was like, that's like the best that's the best. You, it's just a model train set, right? It's just a. Yep. It's an adult toy kit with a bunch of uh, switches and buttons, and things to press. And, I mean, we didn't even. Get, we got all the stuff Dave used to have. Come on. <laughs> um, yeah. So I don't know. I guess when it comes to that, how could you not have fun, right? How could you not? Yeah. It's well, amazing. it's 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 fun with heart because you put so much heart into it and in, in the details. And we're just scratching the surface on uh, everything that we're doing together. And 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 I'm just so excited about it. Um, uh, shocker, Mike's excited about something. Yeah, um, yeah. I I can't. Hey, why don't you get wait? Why don't you get enthusiastic about something, Mister? <laughs> 
Uh, we've done 90 minutes. I'm going to go out of here, not because I want to, but because uh, everything says that we have to. I got a day with my granddaughter. Um, you've got uh, Nicole there. Please give Nicole our love. And, um, you know, we just adore her and you guys and uh, everything. She's usually that sitting right here. Yeah. Yeah. And on Tuesday at five o'clock, she'll be there again. Mm-hmm. Um, who's the guest this week? Uh, we've got is some good guests this Tom? week. Who is it? Let's see. Um I don't remember what Tom order. Or... Oh, you know what? I got it right yeah. on the card here from the other day. That's hilarious. Uh, next week, Sean Bishop, uh, writer, yep. director, um, does animation work, but he also built the Ghostbusters car with me and the time machine, Back to the Future time machine with me. He's going to be back for part yep. two of his live in, at five on Tuesday. And then on Thursday, we have Misha Mansour uh, from the band Periphery, uh, very well known in the music industry, and Chris Rosales who is Chris has a camera. They are both car people as well. And we are, um, they will have a show soon. I don't want to say too much, but we're going to be talking about them. So good stuff. Okay. We'll get this episode out uh, before Tuesday. So that the, the plug will be real. So that's good. And how then, are you going to uh, do that? After that? Wait, how are you going to well, do that? I thought your show aired on Friday. How, how come we're all stepping on each other's air dates here? How are we doing that? No, no, no. no. We're, we're going to put it. This is going to be a bonus episode that we get out as soon as I uh, produce it and get it edited. I'm putting this one out. Right. So uh, do you hear what between. I'm saying? You keep doing all these bonus yeah. episodes. Now we're all stepping on each other's air dates. Your day is Friday, I thought. <laughs> Friday is uh, the normal Letterman podcast. There will be a Letterman podcast out every Friday if we have something to say about it. But as we get more material in the can, we will release those bonus episodes out uh periodically usually i think the bonus episode will come out on a monday but, but so that's this more of isn't so we're not doing the letterman podcast uh we are this is a letterman podcast this is um i think this will be number 13 so how will it come 13? out so it'll come out next friday if we choose to do that or <laughs> i could release it as a bonus episode <laughs> I don't care. It could be a bonus episode. I don't care. I'm just trying to I'm trying to get you to stick to a schedule and I'm trying to figure out what it is, but you know I don't care what it right. is. Uh thank you for having me. Thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> Jay, I appreciate you so much. Thank you for being on here. Um that is another episode of the Letterman podcast. However, it is uh released and you the viewer uh listener will know that. Um I'm very grateful for all everything that's going on here. Please like, please share, please subscribe. Uh, in whatever order you want, please leave a positive comment and please watch Cars and Comedy as well. Uh, be a part of the community that we're growing wherever you see yourself settling. Uh, please be a part of this community. Join us uh, in the race uh, towards whatever it is we're running towards. We're so happy to have you here. Uh, Kathleen Anchors, thank you for inspiring us. Um, this has been another episode of the Letterman Podcast. That guy is Jay Ryan. My name is Mike Chisholm. Thank you, and good night. Overcoat and underpants.